Welcome to the Advancing Women Podcast, where ambitious women come together to challenge the status quo, advance their careers, and up-level their lives. The Advancing Women Podcast is hosted by gender equity expert and executive coach, Dr. Kimberly D. Simone. Welcome, warriors, to the Advancing Women Podcast. It's the week of Christmas, and I'm thinking about how I am feeling and what I need, what maybe all of us warrior women need. We need a bit of comfort and joy and maybe a nap. It's interesting to me. In the winter, nature rests. Even Mother Nature takes a rest in the winter. Nature's resting, sleeping, taking it easy. It's not worrying about blooming. It's just being. And we maybe need to take a lesson from Mother Nature this time of year. There's a poem called Winter Sleep by Edith Matilda Thomas. And I love these lines, quote, I know it must be winter, though I sleep. I know it must be winter, for I dream, end quote. But truthfully, for most of us, winter means the holidays. And our poem would likely read more like, I know it must be winter because I am busier than ever. I know it must be winter. I am exhausted. For most women, we get busier much busier in the winter, more stressed with all the holiday prep that so disproportionately drains women of our time and our calm. It drains us of our comfort and joy. And the research shows that women are much more likely than men to report an increase of stress during the holiday seasons, citing lack of time, lack of money, and pressure to give or get gifts as primary stressors. And we know this intuitively. Holiday stress has a particular impact on women who are expected to take charge of many of the holiday tasks related to preparing meals, shopping, and decorating the home. In addition, research shows that women have a harder time relaxing during the holidays, finding their comfort and joy. Depending on how well you manage stress, added responsibilities can have a long-lasting impact on your body and your mind. Research shows that there are similar emotions expressed by people at the holidays, both positive and negative emotions. And the positive emotions most highly reported during the holidays are extra energy, connectedness from spending time with family, high spirits, love, and happiness. But the negative emotions most commonly reported during the holidays are things like fatigue, anger, loneliness, irritability, stress, and sadness. So, as I often say, forewarned is forearmed. If we know that these emotions will be stirring in us, we can try to be intentional and mindful to interrupt the negative energy and move our energy towards the positive. Men and women alike feel an obligation to tend to their family during the holidays. Both men and women in almost equal measure report strongly feeling a responsibility to make sure everyone in their family is happy. But there is less emphasis placed on making each other happy, your spouse or your significant other, or even yourself, making yourself happy. So maybe we need to start having that conversation with our spouse, agree to be a team, to prioritize and protect each other's comfort and joy, but also women having a conversation with yourself to flip the script, interrupt the moment, take a break or pivot to keep from falling too far down the negative emotion rabbit hole. Too often as women, we will subordinate our comfort and joy for others. We feel like if we don't do the things, all the things, 
Others will have less, be disappointed that things will fall through the cracks. So we do everything in our power to mediate that at great personal cost to our comfort and joy. And you, we, warrior women, are worthy of comfort and joy, especially this time of year. Comfort is defined as a state of physical ease and freedom from pain or constraint. And joy is defined as a feeling of great pleasure and happiness. So this episode is focused on your comfort and joy. For how much you care and do for others, you deserve some ease, pleasure, and happiness. And sometimes that takes being intentional in terms of our mindset and our actions. The Christmas Carol, Tidings of Comfort and Joy, begin with these words. God rest ye merry gentlemen, let nothing you dismay. And it ends with tidings of comfort and joy. And that first sentence, really hear it. It really means, may God give you peace and joy and may nothing trouble you. And the ending, tidings of comfort and joy, comfort, which carries a connotation of deep empathy and caring. Comfort is about settling your soul, which is why it comes first. Joy can't bloom in a troubled soul. Comfort makes way for joy. So we're going to start with comfort. And for that, I will turn to the Danish and the Danish practice of huga. Notice I didn't say philosophy of huga. I say practice. It's a mindset, an action. Huga, in its simplest form, is a word reflecting a mood of coziness and comfort for feelings of wellness and contentment. The idea of huga really hit North America and Europe in a big way six or seven years ago with the successful book, The Year of Living Danishly by Helen Russell. I remember reading the book, loving the book, and gifting the book that year. And in summary, Russell, a Londoner and journalist, relocates to Denmark when her husband takes a dream job at Lego. And she decides to try to understand why it is that the Danish are so happy. Why, despite the gloomy, dark, and cold weather and high tax rates, Danes are so happy. The end result is her discovery of the pleasures of Huga. This, of course, led to the flood of products in the market aimed at recreating Huga. But Huga is more than the 150,000 products for sale when you Google it. It's more than scented candles, fuzzy socks, and warm blankets. It's a philosophy, it's a mindset. I would even say a manifesto of living for the Danish, one of the happiest countries with the happiest people in the world. And I'm not knocking the products. Certainly candles, fireplaces, hot drinks, board games, cozy music, warm sweaters, fluffy socks, good friends, and good books are wonderful ways to help create a huga mood and feeling. This does speak to the intentionality of creating comfort. It certainly comes in large part from the way we think the way we speak to ourselves, but external forces can also have an impact. There are really the three A's of Huga, attitude, approach, and atmosphere, and they are intertwined. Attitude and approach are our mindset and behaviors, but the atmosphere we create can impact our attitude and even our approach. Huga is said to have no direct translation in English, though cozy comes close. It's derived from a 16th century Norwegian term, hugga, meaning to comfort or to console, which is related to the English word hug. Associated with relaxation, indulgence, and gratitude, hugga has long been considered a part of the Danish national character. 
And of course, it's elusive seeming to us, but there are some principles that we can bring into our own lives. Many books and articles have been written, but I want to share some of those steps with you here. The essentials of Huga. First, atmosphere. The lights, the sounds, the smells, the feels. Those are all things that can change our attitude. We can turn down the lights, light a candle, play soft music, or just be in the quiet. Enjoy the silence. And that atmosphere creates that coziness. Next, presence. Being in the moment. Doing things like turning off your phone, actively listening, thinking about as you have a conversation, eye contact, engagement, how totally and completely focused you are with that person in that moment can create a very powerful feeling of connectedness. And then there's pleasure and indulgence, extravagance even, luxury, frivolousness. This is about enjoying the good chocolate without guilt, the good coffee, the fresh cut flowers, to really allow ourselves to be in that moment of beauty and enjoying the extravagance and little luxuries that surround us. There's also an idea of equality. And this is about a we over a me mindset. What I love about Huga is this idea of sharing the tasks that inundate us so that we can all enjoy the pleasures and the rest and the relaxation. And this is so important for women, especially who tend to take on such an unfair share of all of the tasks. If we together can see the chores with a we mindset, then we can have more time together to share the pleasures, the rest, and the relaxation. Gratitude. Of course, gratitude is key. Enjoying the now, being grateful for what you have, and really this idea that maybe this is as good as it gets, and so we should enjoy it and embrace it. And research shows so many benefits of gratitude, so many ways that focusing on our gratitude for what we have can put us in this incredibly positive mindset. Another variable is harmony. And harmony is really interesting in this crazy social media culture we live in, where we're constantly posturing and impressing. It's this competition, even if it's on a subtle level. And harmony is about reminding ourselves that it's not a competition, that we're in this moment with these people that already love you and already think you're awesome. So can we just put away the accomplishments for a little bit, put away the need to share the accomplishments and rather just be in harmony with each other? Next is just comfort. Being mindful of what brings you comfort. It's different for everyone. It may be music. It may be fuzzy slippers. It may be writing down what's troubling us so that we can get it out of our head and onto paper so that we can allow ourselves to have a little peace. We must be mindful about the things that bring us comfort and seek them out, not after we already feel so much stress or distress, but so that we might not feel as much stress and distress. I love this one, the idea of the truce. Consider, for example, how at holiday gatherings or gatherings with friends, you may have conversations about your passions, things like politics, where there's disagreement. And that can often lead to hard feelings. And I'm not saying don't have those tough conversations. But what if, for the spirit of the holiday, in an effort to find that comfort and joy, 
we were able to set aside politics and disagreements and the kinds of conversations that bring hard feelings and instead spend that time in a truce, in a positive energy place where we reminisce and remember the good times and remember those people in our lives who have passed and we tell stories about the joys and the happinesses and the funny things that happened with those people and allow ourselves to be in that place of togetherness where we can laugh and enjoy the good memories and the times together just for a little bit to give ourselves a little break to help ourselves create those feelings of comfort and joy. And then there's shelter. And this is really a mindset shift. This idea of, oh, it's winter, it's freezing, I'm hibernating, I'm stuck in the house. Shifting from not being stuck in the house, but being able to have this place of peace and security that you share with your tribe and your people, a place where you spend more time during this season of rest. It's the idea that I get to be here with you and enjoy this calm time with you that moves a little bit slower. Not that I have to be here because of the stupid snow or the weather. I'm enjoying this time of togetherness. And now I want to move to joy. As I said earlier, comfort makes way for joy. So let's talk a little bit about the art of joyful living. Joy can feel elusive sometimes, especially when life gets busy and when we're feeling stressed. It can seem hard to create feelings of great pleasure and happiness So it is so important that we learn to see how ordinary things in life can help create extraordinary happiness. How can we create a reservoir of positivity that we can tap into when we need it? And we have to be intentional and find those patterns. Where is there joy all around us? And this is different for everyone. Some of the concepts from Huga apply here. Joy comes from being in the moment, from being present. And it's about learning and then engaging in the small things that reliably lift our spirits. You have to think about that. What are the things that consistently and reliably help lift my spirits so that I can tap into them? And I often say that when you sit with warriors, the conversation is different. And for me, this is such a great reservoir of joy. Sitting with my tribe, talking deeply and authentically about important things that matter, that brings me joy. Even a few minutes on the phone with one of my best friends can bring lasting joy. We have to be mindful of what brings us joy, the small things, so we can tap into them when we need them. And comfort and joy are symbiotic. I talked earlier about nature taking a rest. We can turn to nature as an example of rest and renewal. In her book, Joyful, The Surprising Power of Ordinary Things to Create Extraordinary Happiness, author Ingrid Fattel Lee states, quote, while the fluctuations of joy can be unpredictable, our planet has rhythms of renewal that regularly bring joy back to us. As the earth traces its annual loop around the sun and pirouettes daily on its axes, we co-travelers are subject to a host of natural cycles. We can't feel the earth's movement directly, but we see it in the oscillations of light and color, temperature and texture that sweep through our surroundings. The blossoming of the trees, the rising of the sun, the flow of the tides. These recurrent events remind us of time's circular nature and create an underlying cadence of joy that we can rely on, end quote. And so we need to embrace the cadences of joy that are all around us. 
It can feel like joy is hard to find, but it is all around us if we are intentional, mindful, and present. If we seek it, not in the exceptional times, but in our everyday surroundings, we all seek joy, but to a degree have been conditioned to ignore it or discount the many small ways we can bring joy into our lives. And as women, too often we have guilt when we prioritize ourselves, when we prioritize our joy. We see things as needing to be justified or that these small pleasures or joyful things are somehow frivolous or indulgent, whether it's buying the flowers that we love for ourselves, taking a short nap, sitting quietly with a great cup of coffee that we overpaid for so we didn't have to make it ourselves or clean up after, a cup of coffee that we take a sip of and close our eyes to truly enjoy, a few minutes of mindful meditation or journaling. We are worth those indulgences that bring us moments of joy, the many small everyday moments of joy that make a more joyful life. And also with joy, we have to be mindful of the words we use to describe what we do. Sometimes just changing our narrative can remind us of the joy in life. The difference between I have to and I get to, for example. And this happens a lot with the holidays. I have to wrap all these gifts. I have to do the shopping. I have to make the cookies. But what if you get to put on your favorite Christmas carols, pour a great glass of wine, and express your creativity by joyfully wrapping some gifts? Invite a friend and have some hygge gift wrapping versus the crazed gift wrapping. Let's interrupt any narrative that sabotages the potential moments of joy by framing things that give you purpose, that create joy as a to-do list because this undermines joy. Ralph Waldo Emerson famously said, The purpose of life is not to be happy. It is to be useful, to be honorable, to be compassionate, to have it make some difference that you have lived and lived well. I love that quote. It reminds us of the joy that comes when we engage in meaningful projects that matter, in work and chores that matter, things that bring us joy. And this feels different than the exhaustive way we describe the many potentially joyful rituals that are part of this season. And if it just doesn't bring any joy, no matter how you try to reframe it, there's a good chance that you should get rid of that ritual if you can. If you hate wrapping gifts, no matter how much wine and caroling, find another way. Take it off your plate. I personally don't enjoy baking Christmas cookies, so I don't. I send cards every year, often to people who never send cards back because they don't enjoy it and they have let it go. And I respect that. Think about the things you might let go regardless of how you think others will feel about it. Do it for yourself, for your comfort and joy. It is perfectly acceptable, advisable even, to ditch that which steals your joy in favor of that which brings you joy. Let go of the guilt of doing something for you, even something that others might see as a waste of time. It's okay to give up something you don't enjoy to spend a little bit more time on your own comfort and joy. And there's this quote that I love. It's often attributed to John Lennon, but I'm not sure that he ever said it. (laughs) Anyway, I'm going to share it because I love it. And it is actually going to be my manifest statement for this episode. Time you enjoy wasting is not wasted time. You, my warrior friends, are worthy of taking care of and cherishing. You are deserving of comfort and joy. For more resources, you can visit my website, www.advancingwomenpodcast.com 
www.advancingwomenpodcast.com and connect on Instagram at Advancing Women Podcast. I love getting your feedback. So please email me at Dr. D. Simone at advancingwomenpodcast.com. I just want to thank Joe Jacobs, the audio warrior who wrote the music for this podcast. And a huge thanks to Heather Harris, the creative warrior who designed the Advancing Women podcast logo. And thanks to all of you for joining me here today.